Super Talk Mississippi media production. But joining us now in the People's segment, as is our tradition every year for Mississippi State LSU from the SEC, the face of the SEC network, Peter Burns joins us as he always does. So glad to have you with us. You know, you are a guy who's you have a quick, I, guess it's better, I guess it's better to be the face than any other body part of the SEC network, right? <laughs> like, I guess that's the, the only other one. one that's good is like the backbone. If you're the backbone, yeah. oh, that's a good point. Yeah, if you're the backbone, like Dari, no, Dari Noka is definitely well, Dari's the only talented one between me and <laughs> like, so the face is probably Alyssa Lang, mm-hmm. the backbone is Dari, and I'm basically just available. I think that's how I think that's the order that it goes in right now. I'm like the appendix. I'm I think I'm kind of needed, but not really. Like, you could remove me and be removed at any time. Alive. Yeah, time I think I'm the appendix. The appendix of the SEC network. I think it's the best intro. <laughs> For me, I always think you're a very positive guy. You know, your, your outlook about life and your outlook about football is, is positive. So my question is this. How, how excited have you been? Just I made the comment on the show today. There's a difference between football is back, which is where we were this time a year ago, and football is back, which is where we are now with crowds, with college football looking the way it should. How great are these first yeah. few weeks been? Yeah, it's it's well put. I mean, you go back and looked at, you know, the crowd. I mean, even, you know, what Penn State had against uh, Auburn and, and, you know, the crowd in Fayetteville when Texas came to town. Like, it, it just – it felt like the return to normalcy. And it made me also realize how weird 2020 was, right? Like, 2020 felt weird watching those games, especially, you know, LSU and Mississippi State right off the bat in the opener, and it was just all conference. Like, and then you go back into even this year and you're like, wow, it's it's really weird, <laughs> weird when you look back at it. But, yeah, I mean, I think because, you know, I mean, we start thinking about guys, how many of these teams, a lot of these players, they didn't play. They haven't played in front of crowds in a year and a half. Right. You know, I mean, not even in spring games. So, you know, some of these guys, you know, if you if you're a sophomore this is really some of the first, you know, game, you know, type situations you've been in front of. And I think it's made a difference so far, but it, it's just, it's nice to see the fans back out there. It's nice to see people fired up. And, and again, it's, um, it's, it's nice to see how dominant this conference is. Cause I looked up and down and I was trying to figure it out a couple of days ago. I'm like, I, I'm, it's shocking how good state's playing and how good LSU's playing, or at least the last week or two that I think this might be a battle for maybe maybe the the wor- like the seventh best team in the West yeah. right now. And that's <laughs> that's crazy to think of. I like the LSU and the state could probably get second, third place in the ACC or the Pac twelve, and yet here they are as maybe the seventh best team in a division in, in a conference. It's nuts. Yeah, what are we gonna say on Saturday if North Carolina State, who state handled in Starkville, beats Clemson? Oh, I mean, then, then all well, I can't wait for that. If that, they'll have the ACC network might ban my Twitter account. I think that that, that would exactly happen if that if that rolls out. So, uh, <laughs> Peter, you mentioned crowds, and we'll get to the game in a few minutes. But do you think, like, do you think that the ketchup's out of the bottle, the toothpaste is out of the tube as far as big crowds, attendance for non-big games? Do you think we'll ever get to the fact whether it'll be full? Or is it like even Ole Miss in, in their two games that they've been at home? I know last week was a was a huge monsoon, but the week before Ole Miss, right. Ole Miss did not have a full crowd. So just kind of curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was already. I think with television, it had you know over years, it obviously had it just it's 
people look at it and go, Hey man, if the tickets are going to be 150 bucks a piece and I got to go pay for parking and stuff like that, I'd rather just have my boys over and watch the game and have a bunch of cocktails and no line for the bathroom. And, and I think that, you know, they've been battling that for a while. Um, but also I think what happens is, Hey, when all of a sudden you've got Louisiana Monroe or, you know, even, even Tulane, right. Which, you know, has some notoriety and it's in the Southern, you know, Southeast blueprint. I think that's why you're seeing these Auburn-Penn State games, Texas-Arkansas. You're going to see Alabama. Um, you know, you're going to see Alabama and Texas coming up next year. Like, w- you know, they understand that if you're going to market this, you're going to need to market a good product if you want people to be in the stands. So, the, you know, the idea of 100,000 people showing up for a 35-point blowout, that, that ain't going to happen in today's world. And I think that that's one of the things that will never rebound fully from, from the pandemic. If you got a good game, people are going to be there. If not, no, I mean, the, the, it's too easy to just say, I'll just watch it at home now. Looking ahead to this, this weekend and this game here in Starkville Saturday, you got two one dimensional offenses, but Mississippi state is one dimensional. I feel by choice that there's not going to run the football An LSU team that can't run the football is like a gumbo without rice. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why is this LSU team so poor up front, and why have they struggled so much in the running game? Well, it's a, it's a twofold thing, right? Like, so Dare Rosenthal decided that he was going to transfer when he was ruled ineligible by LSU, um, and that's part. I think LSU, if I'm not mistaken, has got like the strictest marijuana <laughs> laws out of any of the any of the schools, as far as you know, what the university says, which is hilarious because they actually like study medicinal marijuana on, on LSU's campus, which is hilarious to me. Um, but, you know, Dare Rosenthal was going to play, so he ends up transferring out to Kentucky, so that hurt him. Then you start looking at the situation of, you know, um, what Cam Wire being banged up, Austin Decula, so it's injuries, and then guys just struggling at that point. So it's kind of like all three things, because you're right, guys. I mean, you know, uh, this is a team that wants to run the ball. I mean, you go back and look at it from years. That's all LSU has done. And then now they're one dimensional because they can't, they can't do anything else. And that's just nuts to me. I, I think they do a little bit better because uh, Cam Wire is going to be back this week. But then again, John Emery is, is not eligible. And, you know, you're going to not probably have still Trey Bradford, who had transferred out to Oklahoma, now transferred back to LSU. He hasn't been ruled eligible yet, which I assume he will be sooner or later. So I still think it's going to be a, hey, we're going to have 100 pass attempts in this game, and I'm not quite sure how, you know, how many are going to get completed uh, at this point. And, and in that situation, then, a pass-happy game, it would make you think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but these haven't been the most efficient offenses. Do you think this is a game with a lot of points, or is it just going to be a, a sloppy, inefficient game? It's going to be like seventh grade Peter Burns at like a dance, like just super awkward. Like I just, I feel like it's going to be one of. I've never felt like, a bigger kinship with you, Peter. Yeah, like right tw- at this moment, <laughs> right? Like it's it's going to be like a weird score, like twenty six nineteen, and I don't even know how we get to that number, but like that's what it just feels like, right? Because just weird things happen. You go back to last year. I mean. Listen, and, and the thing that scares me as an LSU fan is I'm thinking, listen, I'm, I'm not quite sure if Derek Stingley is going to play in this game, right? Got a little bit banged up in practice from what I understand. And, you know, they're trying literally to determine it. Before I went on this podcast, they're trying to determine on whether or not he's going to be able to play or not. So it is a truly kind of questionable situation. Um, and so if that's the case, 
And I've seen LSU struggle in a bunch of different, you know, pass defense. And I mean, they, they just have busted coverage at least five or six times a game. What happens when you're going against somebody that throws it 60 times a game? You know, I mean, you're going to, you know, it's only going to make it even worse. So, um, you know, I'm curious about how much they have to mix in some zone. I think they do, they do, they, they learned their lesson from last year trying to play man. Um, and that just wasn't, wasn't feasible. So, um, I, again, I think it's kind of just awkward game um, that, that honestly, I'd be lying to tell you if I felt like I had a gut feeling of which way this game can go. Because I think that's how I feel about every LSU game. I mean, hell, I was worried about Central Michigan last week, guys, and they came out there and beat the ever-living hell out of them. If you would have told me going into Mike Leach's first season that offense would have been the one question mark for Mississippi State in his tenure so far, I would have called you an idiot. And I would have said that the defense would have been <laughs> would have been the side of the ball where, where where we where we would have struggled. But so far, 14, 15 games into Mike Leach's tenure, it's been Zach Arnett's defense that has been stellar, has been the one carrying the team, I think, to most fans that are that, that are watching state. But offensively, it's it's been a struggle so far. What can you what do you think, what can you attribute to Mississippi State's struggles? in the first 13 or 15 games for the Mike Lee Jarrett? Well, two things. One, it didn't really have recruiting last year, right? I mean, with 2020 and COVID, you didn't have an opportunity like he had in Lubbock in year two and, and he had up in, uh, in Pullman at Washington State in year two to have his normal routine you know, recruiting pipeline to his quote-unquote system. So I feel like he's a year behind on that. And then also, I mean, I, I think now there's been so much film on what he's done at Tech and what he's done over at Washington State now you combine that with really athletic teams here in the South Southeast Conference, and you're sitting there going, "All right, well, you know, where your your window of opportunity to throw some of these passes might have been, you know, 0.9 seconds. In this league, it's 0.7 seconds. And I know that sounds stupid, but that that's the difference in in the, such a quick passing kind of you know dink and dunk program or, or dink and dunk offense that he has. I mean. You know, that's why you're seeing a high percentage, but so many short length passes right now. So um, to me, I'm, I'm not worried about it because I still think that, you know, he's in kind of a year one situation because of recruiting. But sooner or later, someone's going to look up the numbers that Will Rogers puts up and, and, and look at it and be like, oh, I want to put up those numbers. Right. It's just a matter of it just hasn't had it, it. They haven't found those wide receivers yet that they had at Tech. Uh, and over at Washington State, but I, I have no worry that they will. And now you need to keep Arnett there as long as possible because he's kind of the glue that's holding this thing together right now until the cavalry comes. You, you mentioned Will Rogers and, uh, and, and the stats he has put up to me. I mean, he, he, he has played well this year. Just the, the one thing that he has been unable to do is, is to me is, is to connect on a, on a deep ball consistently. And that's where I think State's offense is struggling. Do you think they can get that deep ball versus LSU now with Stingley out, or, or, or do you see see it still being a struggle? I, I think it's going to be a struggle, and the reason why I say that is is a you know I, I think LSU has the luxury they've got one of the better pass rushes that are natural pass rush right like not hey they got to go blitz everybody like Todd Grantham does it, it is more of a hey they can get a good push up front. Um, you know, when they're only rushing four. So that allows them to drop back more guys in coverage. And I think that's the reason why. I think everybody is so deathly afraid 
Like the almost the worst thing that could have happened to state over the last year and a half was beating LSU the way they yeah, did right off the bat. We've said that because, a million times. Yeah. Yeah, because right off the bat, everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, well, we're just gonna it drop works. like yeah, we're gonna drop eight in coverage, and that's fine if you're gonna run six yard routes. We're gonna give you that. And sooner or later, hope that, you know, hey, a tip ball goes here or, you know, you're off, you know, we force a punt. But, I mean, I, I think that's kind of where, you know, where Will is being smart, not trying to force it. Because if, you, if you're smart and you just take what the offense is giving you, you're going to have success. You just got to make sure that you don't have bonehead special team plays and you got to make sure that, you know, officiating is uh, not uh, hurting your cause, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> But um, again, I, I, you know, I, I know that was a tough week last week, but I mean, everything that I kind of thought I'd see out of state and Arnett and, and Rogers so far has kind of lived up to what I thought it was going to be, which is a pretty damn good football team. Now, I'm going to make a comment here. And I'll let Brian ask a question after this, but I just never have seen, this is the thing that's frustrating to me for state's offense is that it is a, it is a pass first offense, 80, 80, 75, 80% of our plays are pass or passes and it takes eight minutes to score. Now that just, it's, it's just completely goes against for a team that is predominantly passing, that it takes that long to go down the field. Well, and, not- and again, it's everybody, everybody's playing like an eight, eight yeah. you know, they're, they're dropping back and they're just like, all right, we'll, we'll give you four yards at a time. You're going to take four. And by the time Rogers or any quarterback for that matter, right? Like, you know, if for any quarterback, if you're looking there in a 10-yard route or a 15-yard route or, a, you know, an absolute just go route is not there, you're, you're taught to check down, right? And that's that's kind of – he's doing his job at that point. So, yeah, while it's frustrating, I mean, the passing attack and the way he does it is more kind of a rushing attack, really, which is just th- – you know, it's a rushing attack through the air is how they're playing it right now. And now you just kind of hope that you get eventually playmakers who can take that and, and take it to the house as opposed to, you know, four yards in a cloud of dust through the air. I've asked this question of a couple of people this week, and they've sort of given me the same answer, so I want yours. What happens at LSU to Ed Orgeron if they lose this game? Whew, it does not get easy uh, for him. I mean, obviously the natives are already restless. But, I mean, listen, that's at LSU, right? When, you know, once you, once you taste the nectar of a national championship – um, after two years, people are going to be like on, on you no matter what, but, um, it, it, it won't be pretty. And, uh, you know, and, and then the problem is, is then you're going to go into a situation where you have an Auburn team that, you know, is fairly physical. And then of course you got LSU, you still have, or you got Alabama, you got Florida, you got A&M, Arkansas is pretty damn good. Like there's a chance. I mean, if, Ole Miss. You know, there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, my God, I forgot Ole Miss, right? Like we never you know, forget Ole Miss. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> it's you know, you look at this and go, all right. Well, if, if you go eight and four this year with the murderers road that is the SEC West, it's really not that bad considering you're breaking in a brand new offensive coordinator and a brand new defensive coordinator. Coordinator. However, the opportunities to go seven and five are you know, even six and six are legit. And this is one of those games. Like if they're able to go in there in Starkville and get the revenge of last year and not only beat them, but beat them by double digits, all of a sudden you're like, all right, we're building some momentum. But if it's a loss or if it looks sloppy, you know, buddy, it's just going to be more chaos the way it always is in, in Baton Rouge. 
Should be a hell of a game here Saturday uh, down here in Starkville for Mississippi State versus LSU. I guess that's just about – wait a minute. One, one, one last thing. Don't even – do not even – don't you have I know what you're doing. Anything to say about Chris. Chris. You, you're going to have to beat this out because I'm going to tell you he's an – you know, I'm not going to do it because I, 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 now that I have two kids under yeah. age of four and I have a mortgage and, and I can't afford to lose this job – I will make sure that I will not say what I wanted to say about Chris in this podcast. But you know what I'm thinking. In fact, everybody, everybody listening to this podcast knows exactly what I'm thinking when it comes to Chris. It's, it's just the way that it is. We appreciate it, Peter. Always <laughs> glad to have you join us here in the People segment. That's going to wrap us up for This Is Our Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Mississippi State LSU back on a Sunday afternoon with a regular old Thunder and Lightning. Peter, thanks again. Steven, always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bud. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.